I'm Michael White from Greater Long Island Media. What's and, up, guys? Uh, this is Tom. You jumped the gun there, Tom. That's right. <laughs> Tom Wong from the, the Float Place locations uh, in, in uh, Deer Park and Patchogue. Um, today's a special podcast. We're actually on location at uh, the Argyle Theater um, at Babylon Village uh, with, with the owners, Mark and Dylan uh, Perlman. Howdy. How are you guys doing today? Father, son, uh, who took a... Uh, Vacant was it vacant? The boat it was vacant, time? yeah. The the triplex is that a word? That's a word. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The little cinema that was in in uh, Babylon Village, which the last movie I saw here was Borat. That's a memorable movie. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> pretty great. crazy. Um, and uh, and what you guys did is just remarkable. Um, uh, you transformed this place into a, a performing arts center, and uh, and the whole South Shore is a buzz about it, and and we're excited to be here, and we're excited to have you guys here. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's our it's our first away away now. Yeah, <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're sitting right now in the, in the lounge, beautiful lounge that we put together. That we're right near where the product uh, projection booth used to be. Okay. Uh, yeah. To the downstairs movie theaters. Awesome. But yeah. it all started September two thousand fourteen. Well, September two thousand fourteen was when this movie theater closed. Okay. I mean, this movie theater was built originally in nineteen twenty two. It was vaudeville, then it was silent film, had a long, long history, several fires. And then early 80s, it got converted from a single theater um, to the three-screen movie theater that it was when we came in here. So the movie theater closed in 14. We were involved pretty much immediately. Within weeks, we were involved. So it's been several years um, of you know not thinking it was going to be ours to it being ours and there being a, a deal in place and then – Years of dealing with zoning issues and sure. and then a, over a year of construction just to well, get to opening. Since we have a couple of minutes, <laughs> what's interesting, because most people would think as you typically if you buy a house or you're buying a car, there's a price and there's an asking price and then people are you know going to make their offer. That's not how it was. It was a blind bid. So it meant, number one, nobody knew how many people were bidding. You didn't know what they were bidding for. And I would just like to throw it out to the public, to you guys even. What do you bid on a movie theater that's, that's closed. closing mm-hmm. or that closed not because it couldn't show movies, but it couldn't it couldn't sell tickets, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't compete with the multiplexes. Regal's mm-hmm. right here. And so they'd been around for a long, long time. A lot of people were were sad that the movie theater was closing. It was part of their, their village and was, their, their home. It was nice having a theater on Main Street. Yeah. Going to, yeah. But that's, but and that's the opportunity that we saw yeah, because it, it had a very good chance of, you know, in a different timeline, just becoming retail apartments, office space, right. you know. Condos. But yeah, but to have a, a cultural center like this, a, a, some sort of a destination, um, once you lost that, I don't think there's another place to just build a theater in, sure. in this village. Right, right. Yeah, so anyway, so, so we had looked in some other venues in the past. We learned a bit a couple of years ago. We were pursuing the theater in Rockville Center that had closed. It's now Bonefish Grill on Sunrise Highway yeah, yeah, yeah. all the yeah. way west. So that was very helpful to us. That was kind of like our internship. So this time, we decided we were going to meet with the mayor. We're going to talk to some members of the board. We're going to get our lawyer involved early. But we did not know who we were bidding against. Right. And truthfully, if we were well, uh, bidding against some wealthy corporation that had all the cash to just throw at the theater, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Right, like a development group or something, group yeah. or something like that. Like, how do you... Well, so- but again, the village is extremely key in that because, you know, they they... 
were they requiring you to maintain some sort of entertainment venue? Exactly. Gotcha. I mean, there there were there were definitely the potential uh, pitfalls for this to not still be a theater, mm-hmm. and their support, and you know, whether it be village, town, county, state, even at that level, supporting our concept and helping us along the way right. to see this come to fruition. Um, it, it wouldn't have happened without that. Right. So it was really, as Dylan was saying, the concept was important for the uh, the village uh, municipality to support, to be in, invested in. So when we explained to them our, our concept, which was the, the foundation being this Broadway theater type of, uh, you know, presentations, productions, productions six, six to eight week productions and, per year. And one thing that I think we want to try to get out to people mm-hmm. um, that isn't so clear is these aren't um, touring productions. Right, these are our productions that we're producing from the ground up, um, and they're massive. I mean, it's it's a massive undertaking. Just each pr- individual production, because um, building the space was one thing, right? Renovating the theater. Now, each time we move from production to production, it's almost like another mini build. Because you know, on the other side of this wall, there's a giant hairspray set going up. Yeah, that's what's happening right now. It's gorgeous, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and so casting the show, bringing out these incredible. Incredible talents, Where designers, are we auditioning? both you know on on Deer Park Avenue and in Studio Space in Manhattan. We have the cream of the crop coming out. We had six hundred people audition for eighteen roles in Guys and Dolls. Wow! Wow! Yeah. And who who makes all the casting decisions? Well, we have. I mean, the director of the show. We have a top uh, casting director, Michael Casara, who he casts Broadway, regional. He casts all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and br- really bringing on the team that we brought in. At the caliber we brought in, um, I think it really shows in sure. in terms of when you come and see the production value. Awesome. Yeah, there's so, I mean, there's there's so many layers to all of this. So that, for instance, when we first, first of all, the, the theater closed September 14. We didn't agree, or Bowtie Cinemas didn't agree to uh, have us purchase or accept our offering price until June 10th of 2015. That's how long it took, wow. and the original. Uh, people that they had uh, worked something out with, that fell through. We don't know 100% sure, but we believe they were not going to do something like we were going to, and the village was not supporting that purchase. Hmm. So think about it. Nine months later is when Bowtie just agreed. And at this point, Dylan and I, the concept was really going to be top-notch community theater. And the more we stayed in the village, the more we hung out here, the more we went to shops and to restaurants and met with people and got a sense of the community... The more we started to realize this needed more than community theater. And Dylan, why don't you explain what uh, your, your thoughts were and the concept that we both agreed upon to go to professional equity theater? I, before I uh, – I don't want you to to, um, to lose that thought, but just for the listener, can we backtrack to where this – the idea to run any sort of theater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean well, my – was born in uh, – what are you, were you born I don't even know at this point, but <laughs> I should know. I, I know. I nah, shit. <laughs> so, I mean, I've been acting my whole life from mm-hmm. from as long as I can remember. Seven years old on. Um, I remember the third grade drama club playing Simba in The Lion King, mm-hmm. and I had never done it before, and it was great. And falling into that world, um, and being a part of the theater world, the entertainment industry. By about eleven years old, I was auditioning. I was doing commercial work, voiceover work. I moved into film, TV, but I always loved this world of entertainment, especially in this fast-moving world we now live in where we can get such incredible entertainment from our homes. You can see the, the latest movie, big screen, but that live entertainment feeling, 
right? That experience mm-hmm. economy, like we call it. That was always something that intrigued me. And so many, about six years ago, a little over six years ago, I was working at different theaters and I sort of just had a light bulb. You know, you walk through Manhattan, you pass a hundred theaters in a couple blocks. There aren't that many really high quality live theatrical venues on the island. There really aren't, for, especially for the amount of people we have yeah, and the demographics. Four and a half million people, yeah. massive space, probably... 40% of the Broadway audience is coming from Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we buy a million Broadway tickets a year wow. on Long Island. Wow. Long Islanders buy a million Broadway tickets a year. So for us, the timing had to be right. The location had to be right. But once we saw this venue, this village, um, it clicked. And a lot of the other places we had seen, this made sense. Right. But mm-hmm. there were pinnacle, um, not just moments, events and, and, and different things that had to take place for us to even consider doing this. So, for instance, something as simple as midway in my psychology practice. I have a private, I'm a school psychologist by training and a clinical psychologist as well with my, you know, with a private practice. But, you know, the stages, and I would share this with everybody who's interested as far as when you have a, a dream and a vision. Purchase, purchasing a house on Long Island isn't the easiest thing to do, Okay. But so I bought it, at, I guess, at the right time, about 30 years ago. And it was important to try to pay off that mortgage in a reasonable time. He, about 16 years ago, I had an opportunity to expand my psychology practice. I could have continued to rent. I found a space, small space, about 1,200 square feet with a, a parking lot that fits about eight people, residential area in Wantua, right near where my other office was in Seaford. And I pulled the trigger and I decided I bought the building. And that was a big, big step for me. I'm not a huge risk taker, as people might not think because of what we're doing now. <laughs> you might not, have to, uh, might not be able to say that anymore. But yeah. I, well, I wouldn't have taken this risk, if I, that small, relatively small sure. risk I didn't take, because I gutted a building and I started a few corporations, a real estate corporation and the, and the practice. And I brought in therapists and I've had anywhere between six and ten therapists working in the office at any one time. They're mostly you know, great therapists working a couple of days a week. And they make their own hours, and I'm there. I was there like four days a week. Now I'm down there two mornings pretty much. But that was a big step. And taking out another mortgage with three kids growing up and making sure to pay off that mortgage in under 15 years. That was one really important factor in this happening. The second factor was number was following Dylan, my wife and I following his career with his older sister Rachel, his younger brother Jonathan supporting as well, and all of them playing sports but going to his shows, supporting him, reading lines with him, singing the songs, going over all that kind of stuff. And then he landed a really cool uh, gig as on a national Broadway tour of On Golden Pond where we met some amazing people. So why don't you tell a little bit about the tour and about Evan and how – because he was critical to this whole thing happening. 100%. So when I was um, 12 years old, I, I had been auditioning and, and stuff like that, and I landed a, a, a national tour, like he's saying – of the show on Golden Pond, and it was in all around the country. I had never really toured the country. It was an incredible opportunity. So my whole eighth grade year, I spent six weeks on the road, two weeks home, five weeks out, three weeks home. Wow. But in doing so, got to see the behind the scenes, the the travel, the tech, the production, and I didn't I didn't know then what we'd be doing now. But the people we met and the things we were able to see. So one one instance, uh, which represents a lot of things coming full circle one of the actors on that tour is a gentleman named evan pappas 
who has had a long, illustrious Broadway career, and he's been in theater his whole life. He is the artistic director at the Argyle here. He, he is with us putting together these incredible creative teams, production teams, helping us in terms of picking the productions and really putting it all together. He, he lives and breathes Broadway. Now think of it this way. For many of us, we have contacts from different areas. Everybody knows somebody in the sports arena or in, in medicine or law or whatever. But in Evan's case, these are his people. These are the people he knows, associates with, spends his time with. He wouldn't want me to say it, but the guy's a Broadway legend in that world. You know what I mean? And you right. got the plug right in. <laughs> yes. So, so it really is bringing uh, Broadway to Babylon. Yeah. So that's where when you Not asked the question the earlier about right. the choreographers and the casting directors, scenic designers, and all these people, um, it, it was a change for Evan to go from a, an actor He's been teaching. He's been directing. He's he just directed a, a letter to Harvey Milk, which is on. Just closed, uh, actually. It was a great run. Harvey Milk, a Bayshore High School graduate. <laughs> there you go. And his show off Broadway was was incredible. I mean, we saw it, and a lot of the people on that design team designed guys and dolls for us. Um, it was incredible. It just had a great run and closed. So putting putting those pieces together is when Dylan started to think several years ago, Dad, this venue. And, and you got to try to picture, all we saw was two skinny downstairs movie theaters, which were not looking too terrific. And the building was definitely not in the greatest shape. <laughs> right. but, but visualizing with our architect, uh, Mario Vergara, and our contractor, Tom Till, who've been with us for years, they could visualize certain things. So putting that together with the village, that's when Dylan said, you know, Dad, let's talk about making this an equity theater. Let's talk about... And, and, and also just what that means, Actors' Equity is the union for theat for stage actors. Now you had said at first you, you, you thought to do like top-notch community theater, like yeah. Theater 3 in Port Jefferson. Exactly. That was the original idea. Exactly. And what, what, what we realized was the, the quality of theater, we really want to have something as close, as close to a comparable to a Broadway show in Babylon. You're, you can never re recreate the Big Apple, but – in some way, to be able to come into this theater, you, you know, whether you live in the village, you live ten minutes away, the the best thing we hear is when people walk out of the doors and they and they walk out of the front and they go, "Wow, I, I forgot I was on Main Street." You know, I felt like I was in Times Square. I felt transported. That is so fulfilling, right? And you don't have to take a train home. Yeah. Well, <laughs> our concept was first of all, we were not going to change this into a modern contemporary building. We were going to. Um, work at having the experience of walking in to an old-fashioned Broadway type mm -hmm. of theater. And trying to keep some elements from the theater a lot of people remembered because that's that's another layer it's of it, nostalgia, the, the history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the nostalgia. The people who walk in and say, I remember um, seeing E.T. here. I remember seeing the Titanic here. I remember sitting in the balcony. You know, that's, that's great. Or people who remember this as a single theater who were here wow. for 30, 40 years. Right, and... and um, the mayor being one of them, telling us some funny, great stories about where he used to sit and all that kind of stuff. Again, also because um, most the movie theaters these days, it's just the stadium seating. Um, we love the idea that we were maintaining an orchestra section and a balcony section, mm -hmm. and that depending on what the show was and what somebody's um, uh, prefer preference was, uh, it's great to see shows from the balcony at times. Sometimes you want to be closer, but having that feeling of that's the feeling I had when I when I would go to a Broadway show and I and you'd walk up as a little kid and you'd see the balcony you'd look out over and things like that. 
And uh, so that's kind of what we've been trying to do. And it also just another thing, having the live music, the live orchestra for all of our all of our productions is incredible. I mean, we spent three months excavating an orchestra pit. And your nails got kind of dirty, didn't it? Yeah, we were. I mean, just I clawing, clawing, and clawing. Yeah, no, but, yeah. but but seriously, yeah. that yeah, you saw that whole process yeah. when you were in here. And I mean, we were praying we didn't have water. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. were praying yeah, we didn't have water. water yeah. And so digging that out, though, now we have this big, beautiful orchestra pit. And having having those musicians down there, it's so authentic. And right. you could sort of peer in. You see them playing. You see them rocking. And awesome. it's a fairly large pit because we we decided if we're going to do it. We only do it once. We're not going to excavate a second time. <laughs> no. So it's a nice, sizable pit. The musicians are thrilled, and and the sound, we're thrilled with the sound system. Oh. Because when you're watching a production, it's it's kind of like it's great to have wonderful actors, but if you don't have a good sound system, if the lighting is not working, mm-hmm. if the if all the different things have to have to work together mm-hmm. to make it seem seamless. Yeah. And um, we were so thrilled with Guys and Dolls. We were so thrilled with Michael Casares. And and his team and uh, Evan yeah, and all and, and Tara Jean and just the selection of the cast um, where there was very little drop off from le- you know the the leading people to the Teacher. ensemble and so we because we rolled the dice kind of like uh, in what guys they and do dolls. in guys and dolls <laughs> and uh, put our faith in these folks and they really came yeah. through big time we love the actors um, were most we're, of the actors local it was a nice mix I mean the yeah. the, the beautiful thing about it is by being you know. 30 miles from from new york city and from the epicenter we we can tap into this pool of the most talented people on, literally on the planet i mean these are the most so we had people everything from houston texas to washington state and then we had someone who grew up in islip and he played he played nicely nicely johnson in, in guys and dolls a guy named robert anthony jones who i actually acted with 12 years ago but he played the same role his senior year at islip high school we had a guy who was an accounting wow. professor who lives in Plainview, and he's Steve now he's, he's an actor now, and this is what he does. So it's it's so nice to have people from all over. The, we had pe- someone from Australia in the cast, people from all over wow. the world. North Carolina, who, California, they, Texas. Some, some drive from five minutes. Some are taking Washington the train State. in. Washington State. But Stephen awesome. Valenti, who's from Plainview, he can't, he's in the show. And my friend uh, Shout from out Holy Steven. Cross High School <laughs> is uh, – Comes all the way from Jersey. He's got season tickets. He's one. Of, he's a great guy, and he's very supportive of us. He and his wife Barbara. And at the end of the show, he and Stephen meeting out in the lobby. They went to Holy Cross High School together, <laughs> and they're shooting the shit about all the yeah, old Queens old guy. days in high school yeah. and all the people that the, you know, their teachers, their friends, and everything. Wow, that was really cool. It's, it's awesome. such a small world, and you yeah. you, re- you you know you realize that we right. had a, a, a young lady, Melissa Amarish, and she sang. We got her a, a, a gig at. Uh, the Duck Stadium, where she was able to sing the national anthem, a cappella, no tracks, beautiful soprano. You could hear a pin drop, and the opposing team was high fiving her and telling what a great job <laughs> she did, and things like that. Just a lot yeah. of cool stuff we were we were doing. And for a first show, it, w- it was kind of amazing because literally we've only been doing this two and a half, not even two and a half months. Yeah. So uh, a lot going on. The crew is working their rear. Their, you could say asses, man. They're, they're working, working their, their asses, asses off. off. They're sweat. I, I mean, mean, yeah, they're putting all this stuff together because. Well, you we, see, I mean, it's it's massive. It's We're massive. Rigging these yeah. things up. It's it's. And this is day and night until you open. Everything. Yeah, it's right. enormous. The yeah. production value, the amount of people. The that, musicians are coming in tonight. To yeah, practice, they're literally right? rehearsing right where we're right. sitting right now. <laughs> the musicians are rehearsing. Props people. <laughs> Taylor's running around getting the props, purchasing, renting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, and and the amazing thing also is everything has to be to the T because the easier it looks on stage, 
That just means there's more going on. Backstage, we have three levels back there. Yeah, I wanted you guys to tell us. For one, this sounds like planning a wedding every three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot that has yeah, to go six right Six weddings on this a year. Stage. And the wedding runs for seven weeks straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, tell us about the build out. And, uh, Absolutely. It's just, it's really mind blowing. Yeah. Actually. So I haven't watched it. Speaking <laughs> the grave. No, everything. So I'll sort of go in some sort of progression. When we first came in here, the first thing we had to do was convert it back from the three-screen movie theater configuration to just the single open space. So we had crews in here for a few months just taking walls down um, and removing the screens. And then once the building was opened up, we removed about 150 chairs from the front where where the screens were and where the stage would have to be built. So once once that was in place, the next step was excavating the pit and really building out the foundation of what would become the stage and the three level backstage. Any big surprises when you Well, did I mean that the excavation was the excavation was intense yeah. and and finding good footings because the way the architect described it, you're basically building a house inside of an existing building. And it's how many square feet between the stage and the three levels backstage? Several thousand well, square it's feet. 2700 square feet backstage alone plus the but stage. It's 57 width and 43 depth yeah wow. the stage depth is 28 feet and 15 feet for backstage. the backstage area so so, so, so you had no backstage area there was so you had nothing, to invent nothing. your own it just literally was just the wall the movie screen and seats so right. we had to take those seats up remove the screen and build i mean it was all built from scratch so they dug down you know laid footings and then it just we just started seeing it come alive between the 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 stage itself which is supported by steel and then several, you know, layers of metal. Then the plywood. Then watching these three stories go up. I mean, I remember standing up there. Yeah, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. The crazy shit. Yeah, standing on the second on. floor. Yeah, looking out before yeah. the actual walls were put up. Tom, they basically built like a three-story structure within the theater. And what's in the structure? So within that structure, the first floor, we have a couple dressing rooms plus two full bathrooms with a shower because to comply with the union uh, standards, we need to be able to provide showers for our actors. There's um, then the second floor. There's a washer and dryer downstairs. There's as well. also a washer and dryer for costumes because we Slop constantly sink have, for if we need water and things like yeah. that, mopping mm -hmm. the floors, all that kind of. Second floor is, a, is a, another whole hallway of dressing rooms, a wardrobe room which is constantly going. It's like a factory back there. And then there's a third floor of storage space and uh, you know potential green room space, things like that. It's just a big open loft. Now, how, how was it after <laughs> your bid that you you talked about shifting? Okay. To, to uh, equity theater? Well, sort before. of around the same time. Yeah, but at what point did you because say to yourself? The, well, for one thing, <laughs> the the You're getting worked up. The yeah. uh, purchase price and all that was a finite number. Yeah. Okay. Um, the renovations were almost double what the plan was. Yeah, they're always open ended, pretty much. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, because it was almost like if we're going to do this, we got to try and do it right, and mm -hmm. and and. And then you don't, you never anticipate certain costs. There's a lot of legal costs. There's a lot of insurance costs that sure. that, that are hard to factor in. <clears throat> um, and so, once we Dylan with Dylan was great on that spreadsheet. You know, he would start. We start doing projections on if if we do this and if we do that and what it's going to cost. And and then we start building. A, during this time, we're building a staff. And I mean, mm. the, the staff has been with us for years, and and people were putting in their time. Um, Pro bono, basically, because they they wanted to get on board and join, but they knew there was there wasn't going to be any money for a while. And the start date's always being pushed back. I mean, in mm -hmm. any construction, but particularly in a in a renovation 
of a 1922 building. Building 100 years old. Yeah, yeah, literally. 96, we're going to have a big gala in four years. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, But I mean the build out and then just things like the grid that holds all of our lighting that Mm -hmm. that we can fly set pieces from. That itself, we have iron beams being being hoisted up and that can hold 8,000 plus pounds of of state-of-the-art lighting fixtures, of our sound system, um, which if, if for the people who've come here, the sound is is kicking, and, awesome. I, and I love that. And you would know you've been to your share of uh, <laughs> yeah, theaters. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, a couple of funny anecdotes um, with regard to staffing. About three years ago, we started realizing we needed to go to networking meetings and get our, get the word out a little bit. Obviously, we still that, that's the biggest thing for us right now. And in fact, we're thrilled that you're giving us this opportunity to spread the word to as many people as we can, um, because we do feel as when people come into the theater. They're more than pleasantly surprised, and, and with the quality as well, we, we've been thrilled. We just need to get people to come in through the doors. Sure. Um, but so we're at one we're a networking meeting a couple of years ago at a hospitality meeting at the uh, Marriott in Uniondale. And it's, it's mostly females in, in the hospitality industry. There weren't that many guys. And everybody goes around and introduces themselves. And at that point, we're simply saying that we're um, – we're in the process of purchasing the former Babylon Movie Theater in, in Babylon Village. We'd be converting it into a performing arts space, blah, blah, blah. And uh, midway through the meeting, a guy about 20, 30 feet away kind of just nods to me. And and uh, I, I said to Dylan, you know that guy? And he goes, no. I go, hey, he's probably saying hello to somebody behind me. Don't think anything <laughs> of it. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the meeting ends, and I'm not thinking much about it. And we walk, people now we we also had to live in the world of cards. Up until that time, we we didn't have cards. Oh yeah. Everybody is like the card. The card. There was like American Psycho with the <laughs> yes. cards. Um, it's shocking almost. This. And and in, in five minutes, we meet three Christines. Every, I don't know who's who. The different hotels they're affiliated with. And all of a sudden, this 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 big guy, you know, big hulking guy, starts walking over to say hello. And we're standing there, and he goes. Uh, Mark Perlman? I go, yeah. He goes, the Mark Perlman? And I take a step back. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> is this good or is this bad? You know, get there's... served? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. The good, the good witch or the bad witch? And he goes, Marty Rubin, Queens College Baseball, and starts hugging me. We played college baseball oh, together wow. at Queens College more than 30 years ago. To, well, more than 30 years ago. Wow. I'd seen Marty once in, in a million years. I don't remember when, but maybe 15, 20 years ago for a brief uh, ceremony at the college honoring uh, a coach. And the next thing we know, we find out this is what he's done. He's had an expertise three and a half years. He served as director of sales of an equity theater very similar to what we're, wow. putting, what we're putting together. And they're, and they're great. Introduce him to Dylan. Sit down, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, all we're doing for the first half hour, hour, just reminiscing about baseball. Sure. And and the cool thing was, he's a big hulking guy. He's like six two, husky guy at the time. He's lost thirty pounds. He's svelte now from everything going on. But uh, he was two years my junior. So my senior year, I was the captain of the team. So no matter how, no matter whether I'm five eight or not, he was looking up to me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so Marty was thrilled to be with the captain. We were sitting there having a great old time catching up about all the different guys. And then everyone left this uh, venue and we spent two and a half hours picking each other's brains. And Marty's been with us ever since and has brought in a marketing person, Trisha Viola. And, and we could, you know, this thing could branch into so many different factors. But it's it's, it's so much serendipity. And that's what we exactly. found. Yeah. That, like so many things that just 
one thing happened years ago and how it's it's coming back to us um and and it's you see all those ingredients that that happen to be right and then it just goes you know it's amazing and i'll speak from experience and tom could probably say the same thing when you're when you're just a couple of guys or one guy and you have a vision and you have drive and um You'd be so shocked at the people that'll come out of the woodwork to help you. you look, know? At your, look at everything, man. <laughs> you know, 100%. It's, just, it's, it's amazing, and it's it's overwhelming at first. And but uh, but then but you, you see you, both you, sides you know, too. What's the other side? The other side of the, those people who are cynical or think you're crazy, oh, yeah. or yeah, course, just kind of like you don't really see much of them. Yeah, they're always around. <laughs> they're always out there. <laughs> but <laughs> no listen, they're what. not the people who help. You know what I mean? Exactly. At the, at the end of the day, what we're all help, doing, man. where we're trying to do this. Whether it's what we're doing, what you guys are, everything. We're trying to do it for a reason. We want to contribute. We want to help. We want to give people entertainment. We want to – I mean we went from six months ago employing zero people. I mean we had contractors. We employed 60 people. Easy. Easy. And and, I mean it's it's scary. You know what I mean? And it's it's incredible pressure. I said to Mark a couple weeks ago, um, you know, I have to apologize because I finally understand what it's like to be a parent. And And – that's a real serious thing where you where you're saying to yourself, I don't even necessarily care about me. I, I care about all these people that are in here, you know, putting in hours and hours yeah. and hours, and they have kids to feed and they have mortgages to pay. Yep. It changes your perspective on so many things that you just want you just want people to appreciate. You know what I yeah, mean? That's yeah. and, yeah, and you talk, feel we it. We talk about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something I wasn't really kind of prepared for. I didn't even really think about it. So now I look at it, I'm like, wow, I have like fifteen employees and like things I do matter to them and it matters to their family and like, yeah, I'll I'll be all right. I'll figure it out. But like decisions I it's just and well, it weighs on me a lot more than I thought it would. Well, yeah. 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 I yeah. went back to my office, my therapy office. Montour Seaford Counseling. Shout out. 1926 Oakland Avenue. But we are, we're all pretty full. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, He's got a 9 a.m. Yeah, opening. Yeah. I think I, I need I it. I saw a couple of patients this morning. But um, I told my, my colleagues, I said, you guys have been amazing because very low maintenance. You know, I get the clients. I, I, I refer people to them. I provide the office. They do a great job. They manage their own businesses. Here, it's mu- so much more complicated mm-hmm. with so many different sources needing things, and each naturally thinks that very often theirs is the most important. Hey, that's Marty. Hey. There he is. Um, we just I gave thought, you a plug, Mart. Yeah, you got to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> except we're on radio, so they can't see you. It's a podcast, but, you know. Um, <laughs> but, adjusted uh, for the time, you're correct. So so that, that part, obviously um, – you know, like any business, you're dealing with personalities and different people's needs, whether it be financial, personal, uh, business-wise, uh, tasks, different things, and, and you've got to try and, and manage those things. And it's been a learning experience. We're learning right sure. and left. I mean, there's a lot more because we just talked about the foundation being these Broadway shows. We're doing concerts as, as frequently as can, not as much as we thought we could, uh, but we had some tribute bands in. We had a Ray Negron uh, wild uh, show, the Bat Boy Yankee Miracles. We're going to be doing a bunch of other things. We got a comedy series going on. The second one is going to be on uh, July seventh, and the third ep- uh, third uh, will be on September eighth. Both Saturday nights, eight o'clock. Uh, Paul Anthony, who oversees and I guess runs Long Island Comedy, good That's guy to work yeah, with. Yeah. So we're trying to do that as much as we can. Part of the problem is we can't do as many concerts as we had wanted because of the time between shows. We're loading out sets, and then we're building sets right. and bringing sets in. Doesn't leave much room 
for productions but to, to go on. I mean, over time, as we get it down, I mean, we're mm. two and a half months in. So the yeah, that's going to get easier. Exactly. Built the system streamline and everything that a little bit. Time. Exactly. And then what about uh, children's? Uh... Yeah. Uh, well, that's always been part of the plan from day one. And, your camp uh, and by the way, we've, we've had lots of camp experience. So I was, aside from working as a school psychologist in the Valley Stream Central High School District for almost 30 years, um, I was also a camp director of Horizon Day Camp at New York Tech. So all those summers when all my friends were taking off and hanging out at the beach and doing all that stuff, I was <laughs> running camp for, for 27 summers. The cool thing was, though, that my three kids came since they were two and a half years old. And Dylan was there till he was about 18, running the theater program. And Those last couple of years. That yeah. was the last couple of years we were doing. So theater was one of the things that we handled. And he also developed a lot of his skills acting in that program in, yeah. in great roles that he had. Um, I'm just picturing Wet Hot American Summer. When the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, Something like that. So, well, you get your theater in, you get your sports in. I'll divulge that one in the next five. <laughs> yeah. So He'd be mad. He ran it. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys did. You should have behaved yourself. But anyway, the uh, so we were always planning on doing uh, morning children's theater. So we're going to be hopefully having about five different productions of children's theater run about five weeks each. And we're gonna we're working over the next couple of weeks to set that season up, starting sometime in the middle of September. We're gonna be offering theater arts classes and, oh, and acting, yeah. singing, and dance, after school programs, things awesome. like that. Monday through Thursday, acting, singing, dancing, musical theater, tech, the, the technical side of things. Um, I think Ed Rep. Well, and Ed Rep as well. So so having shows that are geared towards students, so that during the week, um, I remember when I was a student, we would take field trips, whether it be to the city or some theaters, and to be able to see a live show. I remember we'd spend like eight classes watching the movie of the thing we just read. Mm. You can come here and see it. Right, um, right. And, and that's an incredible thing. It's a, it's a way to expose kids at an early age. Um, but one and of the it's things, more convenient of a trip. But one of the things we want to do with the educational repertory program is obviously give the kids a chance to, to come to live theater and to be at a theater. A lot of kids, you find out they've never been to theater. Um, in some cases, we might have a tour before. Or after, depending on what the time situation is. We've already been working with the Babylon uh, Theater Program, and, and they they brought a nice group of uh, kids to to see Guys and Dolls. And it was, I thought it was a great experience for them. I think the tour thing is a great idea, because it kind of gives people like, wow, this is how it works. This is actually kind of cool. Like, I, I would want to be on on set. I would want to work on, you know, behind the scenes. Like, Well, Dylan's pointed out that so many kids, that, that they start out with the infatuation of just being on stage and acting or singing, dancing. Mm -hmm. And then the realization is the number of jobs, 90% of the jobs have nothing to do with the acting. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, in, it's incredible when you think, like, we, we have carpenters, painters, electricians, all on our staff. Full time. Right. They're, they're, or, or nearly, or for, for that contract, whether right. it be for, the, for those nine weeks. Um, follow spot operators. That's a job. Dressers, like a, wardrobe people, yeah. costumers. Right. And, and so a lot of the kids in, in the drama the industry, club. There's lots in, of jobs. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. you look at the credits to a film. There's a, you know, there's a couple actors at the top. And then minutes, yeah. minutes of editors and, and sound, oh, light specialties. It's incredible. Right. And stage manager, all yeah. those kinds of things. And oh, look, the bar. I mean, that's that's a whole other yes. piece. As part of that experience for people, we have a bar downstairs, bar upstairs, beer, wine, cocktails, ushers, some volunteers, right. some yeah, paper, yeah, box office, the whole the whole. This bit. is great. You can get so you, you get a drink at the beginning, and then you yeah, have you can bring your drink right in. You can bring yeah. your drink in. We have cup holders, um, and and that's another thing. The experience for people. I know I'm, I'm sort of spitballing, yeah, but sure. yeah. but that's it's what it's all it's, about. It really was. But I want to finish about the Ed Rep. Go ahead. Because go ahead. my educational background. Of course. Um, <laughs> no, I love the fact that 
after the shows, the goal is, unless the, that particular uh, district has to leave immediately, to give them about an extra half hour for question and answer, speak to possibly the director or the actors or the crew. It's a really cool thing to be able to have that when you're in junior high, elementary, high school, whatever, to ask questions, to, to ask the character, what was it like to play that part? What did you do to prepare for that? Why did you do that in that particular scene? Cool. And also, aside from doing shows that are um, match the curriculum of what the kids are working on, say they're doing 12 Angry Men in high school, we could put that play on. Um, but also to do some things that are cutting edge that are right now happening. A lot of the stuff about the, the bullying epidemics and dealing with that and doing some shows to bring kids in to, to deal with that issue. The Me Too issue. Some of the you know racial divisiveness. Whatever the things are that we think would make sense, we're going to start putting together a troupe of actors. They do not have to all be equity actors. In many cases, they're going to be local people. They're going to be kids from our, program, our school program. And... Um, so to try to make this really a community theater, and uh, for some people it's going to be mostly coming for Broadway. For some it's going to be intergenerational because they're going to bring their grandchildren or their daughter yeah. or their son. And some they're just going to come when they're the concerts or when it's comedy and things like that. Yeah. Specialty acts. Um, I want to get some illusionists in here. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. We, we, saw, uh, we saw some guy. amazing illusionists. Um, and with this... with. With the scale in in the theater here and how expensive it is, I think he could put on he or she or whoever the hell troop could be incredible. But we keep reminding ourselves we're two and a half months in, so a lot of times when <laughs> exactly. people have ideas or want to try this and want to book that, and we're saying slow it down. Yeah, a little bit. I look the agents slow the down from your vision to the, what needs to be done that the day. nitty gritty right. exactly. You got to just focus on it. what do I got to do this hour, yeah. right? But what you guys are doing, I mean, I think I called it the new American dream in the column I wrote about the float place. If you could, if you could. Um, build something that helps people, brings joy to people's lives, helps build your community, strengthens ties, like you said about some of that. And you're doing it every um, day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, you're doing but it every not, day. Well, that, that should be the new American dream. Well, you could do that and earn a living. Uh, uh, that's what, not better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, trying. We're trying. We're, we're, we're treading water right now, <laughs> yeah, but we're yeah. working hard. Yeah. So let, um, me, let me ask one thing. Um, if, like, when I first started the Flow Place, it was like, hey, you're going to have two locations that have this many employees and this and this, I would have been like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. Like, I can't even start. When you first started this, you were like, this, we're going to have this whole grandiose thing at three levels in the back, or was it like, we're just going to start out smaller and kind of, it built up from well, there. Well, I mean, there were certain things that, certain things expanded, certain things were, were already there. I mean, the three, the three stories, no, I mean, originally we didn't, we very quickly realized, you realized there's correct. not much space back there if we don't put in the three stories. Um, but I mean, I think vision-wise, in terms of what we saw it becoming, it was pretty ambitious from the start. Well, but it also the, grew. The pit. Mm -hmm. we, at first, we were going to have the orchestra back in the projection room, and and this way we wouldn't have as much, you know, cost and digging Demolition, and things like yeah, that. Yeah. There were a number of things that would that definitely were different. The the three the, the putting those three floors back there um, definitely. Put us in, in in a different level in time, yeah. no pun intended. I mean, it, it's almost like it start. It definitely started as a seed, and we saw it sort of grow each each day, each week. You know, even just over the years. Um, but I think any group trying to put together this level of of a theater, it's it's enormous. I mean, the just just even one production, like the set going up for Hairspray, it's enormous. We're we're doing this this. Uh, fall into the winter, November 8th through December 30th, we're putting on the Hunchback of Notre Dame. It hasn't been done by a professional equity theater on Long Island. This theater will be transformed into the cathedral. 
and mm-hmm. it is such a massive production. It's it's Disney gone adult. Um, <laughs> it hasn't been done here wow. at that at that level. So it's I mean things like that. It's it's just it's Herculean. I mean we I actually I can quote. I had a lender who actually approved us say. You know, this was a Herculean. You know, this is a Herculean <laughs> yeah. effort. And he stamped it. He, he, he signed off on it. It is wild. People have to see it for themselves. Yeah. I, I, I just want to go back one because some of the other things I forgot to mention is whether we do it midnight or we do it on dark nights when we don't have a show on a Monday or Tuesday, something like that, where we do open house, mic, coffee house kind of thing, where we get a group of people who want to just play their original songs on guitar yeah. or open mic comedy. Mm-hmm. Or a karaoke night, or some special kind of night. Get them in the theater, get them seeing the place. Yeah. Might do some midnight stuff, and and might even do a Rocky Horror down the road. So all these things are, you know, seem seem possible. That's awesome. fantastic. Those are all like oh, possibilities good, are community, endless, really. And that's, building things. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Because this, you know, we could be in the middle of a field or middle of a parking lot, but we're right in in downtown Babylon. Like yeah. we're we're five minutes from the train. We are in the midst of all this incredible. You know, business community, nightlife, the school is a, you know, block away. That's amazing. Well, what was cool is this. The actors didn't know Babylon Village. They know New York City. A couple of them, <laughs> a couple of the ones who are out this right. way. They loved the village. They would tell about which restaurant they liked. They'd yeah. discuss amongst each other which one they would go to. And then they, and they would walk around. They'd, they'd walk the to train the lake. And walk, which they got to. to be – they were known by some of the merchants. They the merchant, the merchants were asking for some of the flyers. Just a lot of One cool One thing stuff. I should do because yeah. we, we that I didn't say the shows we're doing this year. <laughs> yes, mind so if I, you mind if I? That's what I was gonna. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, want to talk about your program? Also, uh, mention about tickets and where you can get tickets. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So the we're about to open Hairspray, which is opening July twelfth. Um, you see that I've been saying that the set's going up right now. The actors start rehearsing in the theater tomorrow night, and it's going to be incredible. It's family friendly. It's going to run all summer long. Everybody knows the movie. Everybody knows the music. Come on down. You're, you're going to love it. It goes through. August 26th. Then we have a couple weeks and we have a, a, a play with music called Peter and the Starcatcher. That runs this fall and it it's September 13th to October 21st. It's an incredible story based on the characters of Peter Pan and it's in essence a prequel to the Peter Pan story and how these characters between Captain Hook and Peter Pan and, and all the Lost Boys, how they become the characters in the story. Won it's, a lot of awards. A, it's a Pulitzer Prize winning It's book. witty. It's quick. It's you gotta you gotta listen if you're gonna get the humor. Yeah. Um, and it's imaginative. And it's, it's fantasy. It's it's whimsical, it's a magical. That's how that, I would describe. That brings it. us into that November eighth opening of the Hunchback of Notre Dame that I mentioned before. It is, it's an epic. I mean, it's it's massive. It's an epic. It's sophisticated Disney. It's some of the most incredible music I've ever heard. It, that one's not to be missed. It it personally is 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 my favorite production. Well, um, we saw a version elsewhere that um, we wanted to check it out. This was in White Plains, and it was an equity performance as well. Not not 100% equity, but an equity performance. And we went there ostensibly to say to ourselves, let's see what we think, because we were considering it as a holiday show. And after seeing it, it confirmed for us, uh, if you know, for me, I use my emotional Geiger counter as well, because if you if anybody knows the story, it's about a young man with a deformity who is treated so poorly and then who is going what to makes a monster and what makes a man that's right. that's an interesting question and i think uh for those for those people who who want something a little more christmassy we'll have the children's theater holiday show it, that'll be great um didn't figure out which one yet that's what we're working that'll, on that'll show. come out but the yeah, hunchback runs november 8th through december 30th bring us into the new year 
So 2019, um, January 17th, we open the musical Spring Awakening, which is an incredible story. It's set in 1890s Germany, but told through a rock score. It's coming of age. It's family relationships. It's the angst of being an adolescent. Uh, but in a time where we didn't talk about the shit we talk about now. Right. We just didn't. The kids growing up, they didn't have a uh, health class. They just didn't know. So so whether it's uh, you know your age, whether you have kids that age, it'll bring you back to that time. And it's the, the again, music dance, it's great. Just one million times. It's like most of the issues I dealt with my entire career <laughs> yeah. in high school. As I, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say. And that brings us awesome. into the closing production for our first season, which is, again, brings us back to New York like Guys and Dolls. And that's The Producers, which is your classic Broadway musical comedy. We thought it was a wonderful thing to end the season with. Everybody knows The Producers. And and so each individual show, you can come on down. It's $74 a ticket or 79 on Saturday evenings at 8 p.m. We have shows Thursdays at 7.30, Fridays at 8 o'clock, Saturdays at 3 and 8, Sundays at 2. We have select Wednesdays at 7.30 as well. And then the bigger piece is for, for those people who – want to be involved and want to be a part of the family and really want to help us thrive is our season ticket package sure. where yeah. you, that before. Yeah, you get the, the best benefits, the best perks, the lowest price, you get a big, a big discount. So right now for the five shows left of the season, Hairspray through the producers, it's season ticket packages start at $292 and um, it's just around 58, 59 bucks per ticket and you get early access to all our other concerts and comedy and special events, things like that. Any additional tickets you're getting discounts on. Mm. And for us, those those season ticket holders become our our the lifeline of the theater, really. Sure. You know? So wait, so just you said it very quickly. So normally seventy four dollars for five shows would come to three hundred seventy dollars. You're saving a lot of money. And this comes if you get those five shows, it costs how much? Two hundred ninety two dollars plus all the perks involved. And that's for all shows except and, for Saturday night, which is five dollars more. And to sure. really for us showing the value to people, anyone who would who would go see a Broadway show it's for us the convenience, the cost. Come once and you'll and you'll see the you'll see the quality right. and you'll see that you'll feel the whole experience. You can come, have a great dinner, be in a wonderful environment, see what I can now say after seeing one an incredible show, and be home in 10, 15, 20 minutes. Awesome. And when's the producers run from? Uh, that runs uh, March fourteenth through I think April twenty first. Okay. All right. And uh, where can people buy tickets? Argyletheater.com, or you can give us a call. 844-631-LIVE. That's 844-631-5483. Or just ArgyleTheater.com. Or stop by the theater. Yeah, we give tours. We, are, we love giving tours. Because <laughs> once you, when you get to see the theater, and we bring into the, uh, unless there's something going on where we can't come into the house, into the actual uh, orchestra theater. section, um, we'll let you see what's going on. Uh, we're not doing tours to the backstage uh, <laughs> right now while we're putting up the sets. Sure. But we... we Listen, we're we at, love showing at, up our house. We're at 34 West Main Street. We're right off you know, fire, the corner of Fire Island Ave and Main Street, right in Babylon Village. Right in the heart of Babylon. Thank you guys so much. It was awesome. awesome. Thanks for coming it's on, guys. It's been Appreciate a pleasure. It. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you, guys. This is the strongest that I've ever felt before. In my current state and in these days of war, we must grow together or the end is near. Thicken up your skin and loosen up your fears. I've been waiting, waiting, waiting through my limitations, choosing to move.